GM everybody, welcome to Flywheel, your number one source for everything Frax, DeFi, and everything in between. If you want to know what's going on in the world on chain, you come to the right place. This is DeFi Dave here with Capital K, and we are here to help you harness the power of the Flywheel. And when it comes to explaining the Frax Flywheel, it can be a little intimidating at first, but do not fear. Stacy Murr is here to break it down for beginners. And this is really the theme of the episode, was like, you know, how to break down Frax like, for beginners and also the linguistics of explaining DeFi because these are like definitely higher level concepts we're going into. But, you know, I think we did a really good job breaking down DeFi, how we can improve in DeFi, uh, breaking down Frax, how we can improve in DeFi, explaining things. Kit, what are your thoughts on this one? And I think can't wait for the listeners to get in there and they may come across a nice metaphor somewhere in yeah. this podcast. Yeah, a really nice metaphor that you might need to get your notepad out for, yeah, <laughs> as Kate yeah. would say. Yeah. And, and so, you know, make sure if you want to catch all the nice explainers and all the videos of Frax and anything DeFi coming up onto the surface, make sure you go subscribe right now. Hit that bell button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Make sure you follow us on our socials, Twitter, on TikTok, on Telegram, at FlywheelDeFi. Make sure... If you want exclusive show notes, join our friend tech. Go get a key now. Make sure to subscribe to flywheeldefi.com for all the latest Frax and DeFi Alpha. You can follow me on Twitter at DeFiDave22. Follow me at 0xCapital underscore K. You know what I'm going to say. Let's get the flywheel spinning. Do you hold ETH but don't know what to do with it? Want to earn those juicy liquid staking derivative yields but don't know where to start? Well, Frax ETH is there for you. Frax ETH is Frax's native LSD solution, allowing you to earn boosted yields in multiple ways on your ETH. If you want to get started, go to app.frax.finance and turn your ETH into Frax ETH today. All right, everyone, let's get this one rolling. Let's get this one spinning. Welcome back to Flywheel. I'm your host, DeFi Dave, here with Capital K. And this week we have on one of my, you know, up and coming favorite writers and thudders coming out with some phenomenal, easy to digest, but also extremely informative content on Twitter about fracks and even some things about life. We have on Stacy Murr. Stacy Murr, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's, you know, honestly awesome to have you. Like I've been like following your content for a while and I think you're doing like some of the best job in this space. Thank you so much. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm super happy to be here. And it's a pleasure mm -hmm. to have uh, this opportunity to speak to you guys about Frax, about everything we have on Web3. So yeah, I'm like eager to start. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just getting right into it uh, for, you know, our guests who are unfamiliar with you and what you do. Can you give a little bit about your background and how you first got into DeFi? Yeah, of course. I actually like, uh, let's say I'm an old school guy. Uh, so it was 2016 when I first heard about crypto. Actually, not first heard, but first used. Uh, so back then, I was like trying out different earning opportunities. I first graduated from the university. 
and uh, I came oh, across too. Steam Cla- it. Class of yeah. 2016. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I'm 2015. Damn it. I didn't make the <laughs> <Wow>. cut. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. Uh, you're even like uh, a bigger winner here. So, yeah. And it all started with Steam it. So I was just submitting some threads, like let's say blog stories, everything to it. And because at that period of time, we didn't have many girls uh, in the space. Obviously, like my profile got uh, pretty much uh, popular. And uh, let's say I earned my first thousand of uh, dollars uh, on that platform. And that's how it started. So actually, I decided to connect my career to Web3. And for more than seven years already, I have been working as a marketer. So first I started with content marketer because I have a linguist degree and I love writing. Then I actually like, I never studied marketing. I just like did really love to learn from my experience, from the mistakes I do, from the videos, from analyzing other projects and what they do. So for the last four years, I think I have been working as a chief marketing officer. And mm-hmm. finally, like this year, I have made my decision to actually like start my own uh, journey as a threader, the person who educates other people. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, the journey so entrepreneurship. Yeah, exactly. So finally, like uh, quitted this uh, nine five stuff to Let's and go. exchanged it for twenty four seven. You know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I was always told that entrepreneurs are the only person who would avoid a nine to five so that they could work twenty four hours and with less pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you know, like, it's way more, let's say, uh, we have only one life. Uh, it's only, let's say, we are 20 or 30 or 40 only once in our life. And Don't it makes me. <laughs> much more sense, yeah, to, let's say, spend 24 hours on doing something you really love than, yeah, let's say, playing some other some other's rules. Yeah, I got it. And uh, interesting uh, point you said there uh, in your background and experiences, you said you studied linguistics uh, in the past. And I think that is so essential when it comes to DeFi and crypto in general, because I, a lot of people are missing the mark on the linguistics and the language of crypto. I think the language you use is you know, quite confusing and it's not very adaptable for most people onboarding from you know, the traditional world and the world off chain. Uh, only those who are like super adventurous and like really out there are the ones that like love, like that can really adopt to this new uh, lingua franca. But, you know, how do you, how do you think uh, DeFi in general can improve on its linguistics? Well, to be honest, like uh, from day one, I was actually trying to simplify complex things because, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, we have like lots of friends and relatives who can, with whom you can actually stress test it, how complicated it is to actually understand like what the buzz is about. And uh, for me, I do remember the first time I actually tried to onboard my dad. To defy and we created a metamask world for him that was already a trouble and then we actually like we entered uniswap which actually has a very streamlined user interface it's just like a couple of buttons and that's it but he didn't understand what he was expected to do because it was different from his user experience in traditional finance so mm. in my opinion we do need some let's say I, I do see quite many developments in this field nowadays something like a single window uh solution for all dApps in the file which would let's mm. say have a very 
straightforward user experience for everyone uh, because people get used to one flow and then they come across something else and it's like what what should i do here it was same with like let's say success then we had uh, amm dexes and then for example Mm -hmm. we have gmx or dydx which is again something in the middle and you're like okay where is that button that i'm used to (laughs) right right in terms of wording it's also actually quite you know, I do now and then rewrite, let's say, white papers or try to explain complex articles in layman language because um, when we are talking to the audience, we it's normal that projects, they let's say, they use some term, they use some complex, mm-hmm. let's, let's say, explanations, but then those tech uh, documents that sh- they need to be rewritten into a layperson language because... Uh, with some very simple, let's say, comparisons, examples, and so on, because otherwise you're like your brain just explodes with loads of data, and uh, it shouldn't be that you're like learning something new. It should be like, okay, I got it, like a video on TikTok. Yeah, it shouldn't <laughs> be such. It shouldn't be too much of a mountain to climb, especially if you're just going to be a basic casual user. And you make a really good point about the improvements needed for in UX and UI, and I definitely think we're seeing strides there in crypto overall, especially with social with things like FriendTech and other social apps coming out. Like, have you used FriendTech before? <laughs> to be honest, I'm actually one of the biggest haters. <laughs> You're one of the biggest haters. But have, oh, you no. used yeah. it? have you used it? Yeah, I gave it a try. Actually, it's like, it's quite nice. good. On the marketing side, it's super cool. I mean, when I first heard about their, let's say, go-to-market strategy and how they did that, it's like incredibly important. But I am not a huge fan of the idea that you sell your keys to your, let's say, followers and that these keys are actually shares and that at some point of time, uh, you just can give up uh, this yeah. thing of sharing data and everything. And like, I'm not a huge fan of that. Okay, that's that's an understandable point. I, I was just talking about in terms of UX and UI, you just bridge there once and then it's just click from there. It seems very seamless from like a UX UI standpoint. Friend tech is great in terms of like yeah. the ethics of buying, selling keys of friends. Uh, that is definitely quite, I remember when yeah. it first came out, I like, it was very surreal for like people. I would like for people to like buy and sell my personal keys. And I made a joke. I'm like hitting up every person that sells my key asking why. And then I actually did hit up a few people. What's my like, worth? Just like, just to fuck with them. Just like, hey, like, why'd you sell my key, bro? Why'd you? <laughs> but like, yeah. I understand. Yeah, but Shame. yeah, it, Shaming br- them. it brings up a lot of very interesting questions. But, you know, uh, the big meat and the big topic of hand I want to get to at in this interview, um, what really caught my eye first from you is your threads and your essays about Frax. Because I've been like trying, this has been my mission since Frax launch was trying to explain Frax to the masses in a concise, easy way, uh, place to understand. And you're actually one of the best to do it. So kudos to you. And I, you know, I'd love to hear your Frax journey, your, you know, your Fraxless journey. Um, when did you first hear about Frax and what really made you interested in in it uh, at that time? First of all, really appreciate the kind words. Actually, like it's always like a pleasure for me to hear that the way I explain things to people is easy to understand, easy to navigate and to read. And yeah, thank you for that. So regarding the timing and let's say my frog's journey. So first time, I think it was um, after the Terra Luna collapse. 
at that period mm. of time, I was actually like, we were discussing the, stable, the algorithmic stable coin landscape with my colleagues. I was working at the DeFi protocol back then, and uh, we had a very talented analyst who actually shared with me the concept of frogs as a partially uh, algorithm, algorithmic uh, stable coins with partial collateralization. And he said that this was the most sustainable model at, this, at that period of time. Uh, I was super interested because I'm personally a strong advocate of diversification and everything. I mean, even if you have, let's say, uh, 30% of your portfolio in stable coins and that stable coin is only USDC or USDC or USDT, sorry, or FRAX, then it's not really diversified, you know? So even in the case of stable coins, you need to make sure that your risks are distributed between different mm -hmm. assets and uh, i started to explore frogs and actually like i love their model a lot especially like actually they reacted to the terra luna collapse almost immediately and yeah. they moved to the fully collateral collateralized model which is actually super cool and i do really love what the guys are doing actually the second point like i had let's say three uh, events that got me onboarded to the Frogs ecosystem. The second was actually the rise of liquid staking. And mm. when I was exploring with which protocol I want to restake, not restake, just stake <laughs> my other, I was actually comparing the yields and Frogs mm -hmm. was the best yielding, actually. So I Always. at that period of time, I already knew that, okay, Frogs Finance is, is an issue of a very good stable coin. So their liquid staking solution should be equally good. And then the third episode was the Ouroboros research. They published their investment thesis on mm. uh, frogs, which made mm -hmm. me actually like a passionate uh, advocate of the brand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had Ouroboros on a huge yeah. frog small, and we ended up meeting him too in, in Singapore. Yeah. Great guy. Shout out Ouroboros. Like, talk about detailed articles, like incredibly informative. Yeah. Uh, has his thesis down on point. And I find it interesting that your Frax journey started at the collapse of Terra Luna, which was the absolute bottom and most radioactive time for stablecoins. And in a sense, like our Frax journey, uh, a big part in both of our Frax journey started at that time, because that's when we started Flywheel. We saw right. the, uh, you know, it's funny. It's like two sides of the coin here. It's like, Stacey, you are like looking for information about Frax. You heard about Frax. And us on the other side, we're the people who know a lot about Frax and know that there's a lot of misinformation, misunderstandings about Frax. And after the collapse of Terra Luna, we're like, we got to do this. And actually, fun fact, this podcast was originally going to be called Fraxcast. It was going to be called Fraxcast. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was going to be called Fraxcast. And then at the last minute, we changed it to Flywheel. I feel like by some like divine grace, I got like some message from the universe. It's Flywheel because it's like, you know, we're all, all about yeah. Flywheels here. So, you know, and then like, you know, since then, it's, it's amazing how Frax has not only like withstood the bear market, but how much they've like shipped and expanded. Well, you know, a lot of other teams, a lot of other projects are either like faltering or closing up or really struggling. Like, I'm not saying like, you know, you know, Frax is like, you know, definitely going through the fire right now, but like they are like really showing like what you can do when you just focus 110% on building. Absolutely. I mean, in my opinion, it's one of the best teams uh, in DeFi at the moment. Yeah. And actually, Frax is really unique because uh, I don't know any other protocol that would have that, let's say, diverse set of tools that plays so well 
an alley with each other. You know, mm-hmm. there is no single like standalone protocol uh, in the Frogs ecosystem that is not needed for something else. Right. Yes. And that is super you get it. cool. Yeah, oh, and, and Stacey, I also wanted to highlight, I think this, not a lot of people know this, but we said this a lot on the show is the Frax core team are comprised of seven or eight developers. Seven. That's it. Wow. Seven. Seven, yeah. wow. seven developers. <laughs> and that's that's it. crazy. Yeah. Stacey, you make a great, actually, like, I'm actually very impressed with the fact that you said, like, because that you said, like, oh, everything that Frax ships has to do with building and expanding the Frax protocol. A lot of people have a flight, like, oh, like, why are they building so many random different things? They have nothing to do with each other. They would do a lot better if they focus on one category. But the thing is, they're not trying to focus on one category. They're trying to view it from, you know, trying to view it from a bird's eye view. It's like, okay, like, how do we expand? You know, we're a stablecoin protocol. We have Frax, we have Frax, we have FPI. What is like the best ways we? What are the ways we can do to expand the use of the Frax stablecoins? And that, whether that's you know their sub protocols such as Fraxland, Fraxswap, or using other protocols with their you know V2 AMOs, especially Curve and Convex. You know that's how Frax is operated. It's like they don't do a lot of moves, but when they move, they move 150 percent. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, they, the last thing that is missing in the Frax chain. <laughs> I'm absolutely chain. poised, yeah, for, for oh, its yeah. launch. Hopefully it will be. I think that they are planning to do that in Q4 or early yes. next year, yeah. Early next year, probably. Yeah, they have dev testnet up. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be a game changer as well. Like, it sounds like from those, those hints of alpha that Sam was giving us on Friday, <laughs> like, oh my goodness. He was like, yeah, we're going to have some, like, crazy like on-chain markets for block space and what like i can't imagine like what they're cooking up because these guys are like the the incentive uh masterminds so like i feel like frax yeah. change is gonna be an incentive machine yeah exactly and stacy we feel such an affinity for what you do because like dave and i our whole job at flywheel is to do that is to simplify all of frax's uniqueness and mechanism like when we started flywheel it was like yes frax is an algo stable coin but we're different those three words (laughs) but we're different comes with a 69 page doc documentation (laughs) that you would have to read and understand why (laughs) so that's why we, we started flywheel to kind of do that and, you know, I, I wanted to get your take. When you were first learning about frags, what was the most confusing thing? Good question. To be honest, uh, it was the AMO part. Because mm, for me, fair. that was like, okay, uh, I get it. So you have the pack. You do maintain it with buying and, buying and selling, like... Uh, uh frax shares to let's say to make sure that the pack is there but how the hell this amo thing is working especially considering that there was no clear explanation of what it is in the frax docs that was like a pain in the ass but then so i actually googled it separately checked how it works in different protocols and then i understood that it's like kind of simple automated market making no more than that yeah like how would you describe AMOs in your own words? Yeah, like uh, actually market making uh, mm. to keep the pack, let's say, the same. So if we, oh, that's a good way it's, to put it's it. yeah. way easier. Yeah, it's way easier to let's say to draw an example. So if we consider a case of uh, Frox as a stable coin, so let's say back in the past when it was let's say uh, hard 
packed by USDC. So now there with the V3 announcement, it's actually the pack to USD, the, the actual USD, uh, mm-hmm. the actual dollar. Uh, so back then, if uh, the price was actually falling, then uh, they actually, what the price was falling. Yeah, I'm a bit like confused whether they minted or burned FXS. Yeah, you, you know what I meant. <laughs> so mm-hmm, if I had yeah. like some flywheel in front of me, I would easily be able to, let's say, draw that and uh, see how it works. But when you have mm-hmm. to explain that in voice, it's a bit confusing. <laughs> yeah. Like how I often describe AMOs is Frax will use other protocols themselves to maintain peg. Like with V1, uh, the original Frax, it was like a very basic form of market making, but it was only like internal. It could only like, you know, but, you know, adjust the collateral ratio internally, like, you know, either like, you know, selling USDC or like buying USDC, minting, I mean, redeeming, minting, like all internal. But now with V2, it's external and uses other DeFi protocols themselves. That's why you see in, you know, with Curve, like the only way you can mint and redeem Frax is really against the Curve protocol. And I think, you know, Frax being the first ones, really the only ones to see that was like actually quite genius because no one really else had like the forefront envision be like, oh, wait, like we can like actually like use the protocol like that. It's more than just like, you know, a competitor Uniswap. Like, no, it's actually like quite a different primitive than, than to Uniswap. Yeah, that's beautiful. And actually, like one of the things that, in my opinion, makes frogs stand alone is that they are rather friends with other protocols than competitors. That is so cool. I mean, cooperation and not competition, as in the case of Curve, as in the case... I I do hope that they will be added to Eigenlayer pretty soon. So, And that's like the genuine Defy Lego when we are building together to deliver better products to be actually competitive to Sapphire and TradFi and not like within Defy entirely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I feel like, especially now, like, there's like a lot of fighting, a lot of rivalries between protocols, this and that. It's like, guys, like, remember why we're here. Remember, like, what we're building towards. We're trying to build a better, not just like alternative, like, just like a better system overall compared to traditional finance. And we are a lot stronger working together in this cooperative, positive, some manner than if we are just like trying to like cut each other down. And I think like Frax really does embody that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, going going back, like, I want to, like, get your explainers here for, like, the sound bites here. So, like, can you explain, <laughs> like, in your own words, how would you explain Frax, the protocol? And then we can, like, go, like, into, like, each of, like, the subsets, like, Frax, the dollar peg stablecoin, like, Frax ETH, and so on. So, as mentioned, I would actually uh, describe Frax as a farm, let's say, like, let me draw you an example. I love examples. So imagine you're like building a farm. Uh, you have a plot and uh, you're buying some trees, uh, some veggies, you're planting them. Then you have a pond in the middle. Then you have, you're buying some animals and all that kind of stuff. You're building a home for all of them. And then you're just living. And you know that uh, all the elements within your farm, they will be able to, let's say, to feed, to grow, to do everything they need without you. 
and you just come there and you form the necessary yields, let's say, <laughs> from the plot of the uh, you have purchased. That's actually how Frox uh, makes it. It's an ecosystem within an ecosystem, meaning that, um, let's say, if you don't want to use any other product, you can just come to Frox and find everything you need there from liquid staking to stable coins, uh, liquidity pools, uh, gauges, battery 3 module, whatever you need. If you do want to go beyond, then you, let's say, take the same uh, staked frog, uh, sorry, not staked, Frox Ather, or you take Frox and you go to other protocols to build your own DeFi Lego bundles. So mm. that's super beautiful. And uh, yeah, I actually see that as a very sustainable farm. <laughs> Uh, in I which like you this. have like yeah they have planted like everything that is required to make the whole business running and on top of that they have like this um frax chairs asset which is in my opinion a pure beauty uh first of all because of buyback secondly because of the different <laughs> uh revenue streams uh, when you do know that, let's say, okay, uh, now we have the narrative of liquid staking, which is hyping, and I do capitalize on that narrative. But let's say in two months, for some reason, everybody is crazy about bridging. And while uh, Frox Ferry is there, and they yeah. already have everything to be able to capitalize on that like uh, thing, then we will have like Frox chain, obviously, like L2s and all those up mm. chains are another narrative that is exploding. And once again, like Frox shares holders, they don't need to enter a position in another protocol. They already have that, that like yeah, super coin, uh, which yeah. opens access to oh, a wide yeah. variety of narratives. That's cool. Yeah. I would I actually, like uh, yeah, go ahead, Kit. Frax is the it's finance super app. It's a farm. Like, you know how yeah. there's like, yeah, it's like how, you know, WeChat, everyone does everything on WeChat in China from yeah. chatting to like managing their mortgage to like dating. Like, well, Frax could be like that. Yeah, when Frax dating app. Frax partners. You know, Frax love. Yeah. Frax love. Um, I would like to actually expand on your farm example a bit. Um, yes, Frax is a farm, but the land that the farm is on mainly right now is Ethereum. Like it is on, like the real estate that it's on is Ethereum. And once Frax chain comes on, then Frax will own its own land basically. And like, that's how we can extend that yeah, example. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And I want to like keep going, you know, let's, okay, we're, we're on the Frax farm. Let's go see all the different elements that make up and all the different productive assets that make up the Frax farm. So you have like the Frax stablecoin, which is like the prime cash crop. It is like the creme de la creme of the Frax ecosystem. How would you, what would be your metaphor for Frax to stablecoin? Uh, I would see that as actually the, <laughs> the founding gem in a way, because this was the beginning of the, let's say, Frax frenzy in a way. And it is uh, the thing that again connects like this connecting fabric between the different elements of the ecosystem and also like here we are talking about stable coins like most people they do think that frax has only one stable coin frax itself but we also have uh, fbi right FBI, uh, yeah. Which, yeah which is connected to a basket of consumer assets and again like okay uh, usd if we are like speaking about the collateral uh it is like let's say what do you call it in English? Uh, mm, 
it is exposed to inflation, obviously. Mm-hmm. And okay, you want to have uh, a different flat coin. Perfect. We have mm-hmm. uh, FPI, which is super beautiful. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, that part of stable coins, it is like its peg and its flywheel is supercharged by Froxland and Frox Swap. So mm-hmm. if we see that, I would say that Froxland and Frox Swap is. Um, if we have that analogy with form, let's say, uh, it's, 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 it's actually, I need to think it over. <laughs> I <laughs> might good, write like this, a This, this will come in a thread later. It's, yeah. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, to put everything in its place. At the same time, we have like Frox Ferry, which is a bridge, and it's obviously like the gate uh, mm-hmm. for the users from other farms to come and enjoy the benefits mm-hmm. of our beautiful uh, place. Uh, and uh, what did I miss? So we have Frox Ferry, Frox Land, Frox Swap, Frox itself, the main stable coin there in FBI, uh, then Frox Chain, which is obviously coming soon. And uh, mm-hmm. all that is like again interconnected with uh, Frax Share. Like I have yeah. already mentioned that I, I'm actually a holder of Frax Share myself, and every time it is somewhere <laughs> below six, I buy it. <laughs> <laughs> not financial advice. Not financial advice. Not uh, financial uh, advice. No, yeah. yeah. we are biased. <laughs> yeah, we are biased. That's, I love how I say not financial advice, and then get after says we are biased. <laughs> but I, you know, thinking about this example more, I would view you know the stable coins and the liabilities of the Frax protocol like. Frax, Fraxeth, FPI, those are the crops. Those are like the wheat or the apples or the carrots or you na- whatever you grow on the farm or like whatever you know, is the productive asset. Like, hell, maybe you could like Fraxeth has like the milk or like, I mean, like cows or whatever. Anything. I'd animals. say it's something you plant, you know, yeah, it's pl- a tree. Uh, yeah, okay. and then like the yields tree. you actually collect is actually the fruits. Yeah. Exactly. So I and would so- see that like that. And you're a farmer, actually. You just come to a place where you already have everything. Like, you know, uh, it's like a game. Uh, Mm -hmm. What did we do? Like, I think that we had something similar in Sims, even. (laughs) So when you have a plot and you can decide what exactly you want to build on this plot, and you can choose from a variety of opportunities, which is already there waiting for you on frogs, and then you, let's say, you plant something, let's say it's the frog's table coin, and you harvest the yields that come from it. And this is like super beautiful because you can decide what angles of the protocol you want to capitalize on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you have your options there. And then I would call it like the sub-protocols different buildings on the frax farm that have different jobs and functions where you can take your crops and yield for like a variety of different activities let's say you want to exchange for a different type of you know plant or yield quote unquote go to frax yeah if you let's say you want to like go to like some you know magic yield machine to like put your deal to work then you go go to the fraxland to the, the, the that's the mystical corner the power of leverage guys mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah and so yeah it's i like to, like though it's funny that you say farm like the way i describe frax personally is a i call it a fractal of DeFi. um anything you can find on chain you can find in frax it's really a reflection of you know DeFi and crypto overall so like i say like frax used to stand for fractional not stands for fractal 
Wow, beautiful. I love it. You had some time definitely to think it over. <laughs> yeah, we definitely I've had way too much time. Yeah, we definitely put you on blast. We definitely yeah. put you on the, the spot oh, here. No, but, no, you know. no, like, no we, we love hearing like new ways to conceptualize fracks because we need it. Because like, you know, one, maybe like the way I explain it, someone, it doesn't click for like that Correct. person. But the way you explain it, Stacey, it, it really does click. So we definitely need like a diversity of a conceptual, conceptualization of fracks. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I actually, like personally, I do love the format of uh, infographics a lot because it helps mm. to visualize the things. I'm myself, like I'm a strong, let's say, visual thinker. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, it's super important to read something or then to draw it somewhere in my, let's say, notes or whatever. And I do know that for people, it's super helpful when you have some like flight, uh, flywheel chart or something else mm -hmm. to explain. So yeah, that's definitely something mm -hmm. we need to add to the yeah. frogs documentation, mm -hmm. <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, could totally we, see like a farm I, infographic, you know, yeah. for us to put yeah. this together and easily. I like to I'd like to plug our FRAX Educational Incentives Program, where we, in fact, do have a category for infographics. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and want to earn some FXS, make an infographic of a farm and submit it to the uh, FRAX Educational Incentives at flywheeldefi.com. Um, you know, get that FXS and have fun, too. Um, awesome. Yeah. That's a great opportunity, <laughs> by the way, because, yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, it's very cool that they have those incentive programs for educators because, uh, you know, the more people actually even sets all the things in your mind in the correct places when you try to explain something to others and even if like uh, no matter how let's say beautiful or complex or whatever that infographic is the beauty of infographic is that you have to put it super simply abandoning all the let's say sophisticated terms and everything so that's cool right uh, yeah a very good yeah. initiative really yeah, we've been doing that for the past six months, and it's been uh, actually it's been ex an excellent initiative. I think what's cool about it is it the people that are writing about Frax are learning about it, and then they're sharing their work, and then other people learn about Frax. It's like a decentralized way of doing education. Yeah, so yeah, I, I mean, that's I, beautiful. Yeah, Stacey, I, I got to ask you a question because you you obviously you know don't come from the traditional finance or investment analysts or fun type of you know uh, uh, um i forgot is it left side or right side brain of analysis but then you were so left bullish on, on on left side you're so bullish on fracks so like what is your thesis and how did you kind of come to that <laughs> not financial advice right <laughs> we are biased we are absolutely we are biased. biased. We are biased. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, to be honest, uh, my opinion was hugely impacted by the Ouroboros uh, Capital Investment Passes I read because uh, it explained like everything super mm. beautifully and very much in detail. So, on the product side, the thing that the product is diversified. There is lots of things that the Frogs team is delivering and actually the traction uh, of the team and the fact that they have been delivering and delivering and delivering no matter what market it is, no matter like, let's say, whether Bitcoin costs 60K or 20K. So just that consistency is actually a super strong signal uh, like 
a very strong part of any investment thesis, even though I don't have that background actually in investments like traditional finance or something. I did oh, I don't work either. With so a few... I'll go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I worked with a few VCs and uh, hedge funds, and I don't know the their research, let's say, flywheel. And for them, it's super important to see who is building the product because that is actually one of the signals for sustainability and uh, opportunity to be flexible on the one hand and on the other hand to overcome like the potential challenges. Obviously, we have lots of them in Web3 because that's a new, let's say, that's a new industry. And uh, as the, let's say, the scientific approach suggests, we don't know everything. And every day we have like some new data, new information, and we need to be able to react to it and uh, adjust the product so it meets the demands of the users, which will come tomorrow, not today. So I think that Frox is super good at it. On the other yeah. hand, it's actually the roadmap, which includes, I'm super bullish, like we already have uh, Frox with three. I'm super bullish for Frox chain. Uh, I was actually like watching closely these advent of uh, up chains and different mm. solutions which are tailored for the needs of a particular um, DAP or ecosystem of DAPs. And it's, I think that it will be really huge. And last but not least, actually, uh, when you buy Frog shares, your downside risk is limited. This is like my favorite mm. part, to be honest. Because Let's go into this. Uh, actually, like the beauty here is that as far as I know, uh, Frox buybacks, uh, Frox shares when the price falls below five. So actually the investor's downside risk is limited. So for that very reason, I do buy Frox regularly because everybody on the market knows that if, let's say, uh, Frox goes below five, then the team will buy back it and it cannot actually go lower. And when every marketing participants know about that, they want to accumulate more and more frogs below six because mm -hmm. it opens like a very good uptrend potential, but very limited downside risk. Yeah. And that makes it super beautiful even for midterm trading. Actually, mm -hmm. I do know quite a few people there that who are just like buying low, selling high in this market and making some very good yields uh, with frogs. It's, it's very beautiful to be honest. Yeah, yeah, like that's like that is some alpha right there that is well known within the Frax community, but maybe not so outside of it. That Frax True. will buy back at you know at a uh, certain price, like below six, a lot of people buy, but if it's below five, you best believe that people have been buying, and like that has been established since you know since like the fall of Lunar and since June when they started doing the buybacks. I think that was probably one of the most Chad moves I've seen in all of DeFi. When the Absolutely. Sam and Frax team were like, we're going to like have like a $20 million buyback reserve, you know, when it goes below this price, like we as a protocol uh, believe that, you know, it's undervalued and that we're going to buy it back. And that has like served the Frax, you know, you know, FX has quite well over the past year in the bear market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just going to say that $1 of buyback is psychologically worth a lot more than one dollar oh, yeah. of buying power you know it's yeah. like it's really like that when that proposal dropped i was just like oh this is like a oh, leverage shit. buy right here this is like yeah. a leverage limit order and Dude, everyone's gonna try like to run it to the market like holy shit um, yeah, but, but also I, one thing we got to yeah. say though dave and stacy is frax could afford to do that because we actually make money 
we actually yeah. have revenue. revenue. <laughs> you know, yeah. so like we, like we could afford to do that. Absolutely. That was actually one of the things I loved a lot. To be honest, my early morning starts with the fact that I open token terminal, go to the revenue section and check who is earning what. <laughs> because <laughs> this is actually fundamentals. Uh, this is a basic because, uh, okay, some we can see the market caps decreasing or increasing, but the real yield, the real re revenue is something that will push the protocols further and further. And if you mm -hmm. want to make some long-term investment, you have to, have to watch fundamentals. Yeah. So in the Frox case, no commenters here. It's just beautiful. Yeah, they have yeah. that source of income. They have that source of supplying yields to Frox shares holders. So... It's super sustainable, yeah. Yeah, and I want to make a note um, about like Frax and building in DeFi in general, because you know we've shined a light about the Frax team and how you know they're small in the SEAL team six, and I think building in DeFi in general allows you to have a lot more leverage compared to Web two. Like in Web two, you need these like giant, you know, giant teams, different, you know, like like huge, maybe like hundreds of people. But Frax has been able to ship the way it has with seven people. And on top of that, like the way you build in crypto is quite different in web two In web two, you know, the model, the Facebook model, move fast and break things, you know, ship, we want to see like a lot of code, like a lot of lines of code, this and that, like, like building in crypto and coding in you know, DeFi is quite the opposite. You want simple, elegant code, you want to have like, the least amount of surface area, uh, you know, risk factor for attacks. And so like, the, the way like Frax has been, you know, building in these regards, like leveraging, you know, a team of seven people and you know, having simpler code, especially like with things like Fraxland and Drake, Drake always talks about that with Fraxland, like says it's really a model for other teams and projects in DeFi, you know, like maybe you don't have to like go out and think of like, how, how do I need to like bring in more people? Like, no, just like build a team that does like certain things really well, set your priorities, you know, simple priorities. And if you do that a hundred percent, and if it like leads and it follows with the core mission, of your project and protocol, like you will go places, you will move forward as Frax has. Yeah, I would say that actually this is relevant not only for, I think it's inherent not only to the um, Web3 products, but actually to all digital products in general. For example, mm -hmm. I recently, I was recently reading the story behind Miro, which is a flow charting tool, and they have like a team of four people and they are already like a giant. So that actually depends on how talented and devoted people are. And what is their mission? Because the beauty of digital products is that they can build quite easily with the mm -hmm. power. I mean, we don't need to have uh, those ladies that will be sitting in the bank offices and giving everybody some cards, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just like a part of the past in a way, but so, okay, like we're moving step by step in terms of that evolution of finance and everything. Uh, but for the teams, yeah, I think that now when you have a bright idea and uh, you have skilled technicians you can really achieve a lot yeah i i couldn't agree more with that um in terms of like going back to frax uh something that was just released uh like last week or today well this thing's gonna well yeah it's gonna be last week uh is frax v3 um frax v3 has come out it is uh, as sam and the frax team puts it the final stable coin 
Um, let's go into Fraction V3. And how would you explain it in your own words, Stacey? Uh, I loved actually the explanation of uh, Frax V3 as a final stablecoin. Because mm -hmm. uh, before that, like uh, the Frax stablecoin, it went through several, let's say, episodes of its evolution becoming more and more, let's say, uh, first of all, it was first it was transitioned from partially algorithmic model to the over-collateralized model. Now it's, uh, let's say, uh, a transition to even more stable um, model through this, um, let's say, I'd say that, like, if before... Um, Frox was somehow connected to the price of other stable coins like USDC in exactly now it is absolutely standalone stable coin which is which has its own uh, mechanisms for remaining the pack and uh, it's like um, it's actually it might be called the safe the, the safest decentralized stable stablecoin for now in my opinion mm -hmm. uh, because uh, it has like the sovereign USD pack it is fully on chain and uh, it aims to achieve that uh, over than one hundred percent collateralization ratio which is mm -hmm. like three elements that make a stable coin really good trustworthy and sustainable in my opinion yeah so the final stable coin i love that <laughs> yeah and, and you know sam and the team have been you know talking about you know wanting to peg to the fed rate or the risk-free rate of the dollar for a while since november last year and then with the speech that came out about stable coin maximalism which talks just about this it needs to peg to the risk-free rate as collateral it needs to have a proper swap facility and you see that with frax v3 with its, you know, its collateral, you know, with the uh, S-Frax vault, um, you know, with it being redeemable for, um, you know, stay, fiat uh, payment, quote-unquote payment stable coins on Curve. Um, you know, it really is doing a, you know, a phenomenal job in general. Sorry, my Absolutely, yeah. Stupid. That may seem to be like a small paradigm shift, but in mm -hmm. practice, if we, let's say, see the competitive landscape and everything, that's a huge step forward. Yeah. And, you know, it's still like something that Frax has been talking about is, you know, existing in the world on chain. And the challenge they faced was like, OK, like, how do we peg? It's kind of paradoxical. Like, how do we peg to the risk we rate while still existing 100 percent on chain? And they have figured out a way to do that with Frax V3, with Frax not being redeemable for fiat whatsoever. It's only redeemable on chain for other stable coins. Yeah, that, that's exciting. Actually, like, again, <laughs> telling the thoughts again, looking forward to what they have been cooking in, in terms of Frog's yeah. chain, yeah. <laughs> See, and not even that, like, they still have BAM coming out. They still have Frax mm -hmm. V2 coming out. Like, you know, have, are you familiar with BAM and Frax V2? Frax V2. Oh, Frax, sorry. Frax V2. Are you familiar with, yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with both of them, but uh, would you, could you explain BAM and Frax V2 in your own words? By the way, I haven't heard about the Frax Ether V2, so maybe oh, you can like share with me yeah. because I have for somehow I missed that. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Like Frax is just building so much that it's so easy for things to just like fall under the docket. But yes, so Frax V2 was a big topic of discussion back in June. Um, Sam actually did a presentation uh, on it during our Dora Hacks Hackathon, or what was it, May, June? Yeah, June. And so what it is, it's a uh, 
they upgrade to Fraxeth v1. And right now, the nodes are run by the core team. But Fraxeth v2 will decentralize that, allowing anyone to run a node. And how it does that is it creates a peer-to-pool lending market for the right to run a validator. So let's say I'm a validator. I'm really good at what I do. I have 32 ETH. Instead of like running one node, I can go to like the, the, the uh, Fraxeth v2 market, you know, spin up eight nodes, um, and just have this variable interest rate that I have to manage and keep back. And the cool thing is like, as a node operator, I get to keep all the upside. I get to keep all the MEV fees. I get to keep, you know, everything I'm like, you know, I get to keep all my success. All I have to do is manage my interest rate in the same way somebody would manage their interest rate on Aave. And just this to add huge. on to yeah. that, yeah. Stacey, uh, you know how Rocket Pool, you have to do eight ETH in order to borrow the remaining 24 in order to, um, run yeah. a validator on efrax efv2 you only have to put up four so it's four. at the as four. <laughs> four it's at the very four. least it's like you know twice as capital efficient as a rock ro uh, rocket pool system and additionally mm -hmm. though what dave said about how it's up to the market on setting this interest rate for staked eth or rather eth that is to be staked Let's call it vanilla ETH, wow, right? That, that's that's beautiful. I mean, but here's more the crazy decentralized, part. Yeah, more you know, decentralized. Something more. <laughs> so there is okay. one more bit. So what, what Dave said about how anybody could just keep all of their upside MEV yield and such, right? That is true. But if a validator decides to be like, well, I want to be even more competitive. I want to offer even higher yield. So they would keep on borrowing more and more ETH because they're willing to share some of this MEV yield, which would then obviously drive the borrowing costs for all of the more, let's call them more selfish and profit maxi validators. Now those validators are going to get squeezed and they would have to decide like, oh man, should I also have to pay down some of my ETH loan because I don't want to share so much? So like the user at the end of the day is going to get the most maximum benefit by staking with Frax cool. ETH because they're going to get like the most market clearing yield for mm -hmm. Steph and all those others. You kind of have no choice. You got to be takers of, of, of rates. But whereas in this one, the, there's both sides to it because you could withdraw your ETH from Frax ETH when you don't want to loan out so much. Right. So then it, it, it creates a true interest market for staked ETH yield rates. Wow, that's cool. I mean, I was actually like researching in the morning today. I was um, creating some note on the landscape of liquid staking solutions across different mm -hmm. chains and different mm -hmm. assets. And uh, when I was like thinking about the current uh, landscape in which Lido is definitely a dominating part, I was like asking myself mm -hmm. why actually because yeah. it's not somehow it's not offering the highest yields it's not somehow like obviously like frax is better in terms of many aspects uh mm -hmm. i think that here the key to answering this question is actually what is is just that like let's say staked ether uh the liquid staking token of Lido uh, is just there in super many apps. That's the only yeah. like reason for their dominance. And uh, as Frax will gain more momentum, I'm pretty much sure that this paradigm will change. And actually, I'm super happy about that because I do think that no protocol should have should be uh, controlling too much of uh, Ethereum if we want to have like a sustainable and uh, bright yeah. future we for 
for us. Yeah. We've had a few guests, uh, you know, say some of their concerns about Lido and, you know, Frax is the best alternative there is that is driven by incentives and not just be like, Hey guys, can we just like, you know, lower our, you know, just like, please just like limit yourself. Self please, limit, please, like, self limit, self limit. <laughs> like, no, that shit doesn't work. Like every time you try to do something like that, incentives will always rule the day. And like, that's something that, you know, Frax has been building since the beginning and that you see in all of their products as, you know, especially with something like Fraxland, when it was the first one to be paid back during the whole curve Viper fiasco, mm. there's a reason for that. And that is because of the incentives built in that if he didn't pay it back, then he would, you know, have to pay an astronomical interest rate. Um, and so, absolutely, yeah. And then the next product, uh, I want to go over is, have you heard of BAM? No, also no, but I'm super bullish. I'm, 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 I came to you. I'm super bullish. I'm already I'm so bullish. bullish. Yeah, yeah, BAM, BAM. I, yeah. Yes, so tell me, tell me more. Yes, so BAM stands for Borrow AMM, um, and it is quite similar to the Curve Llama module for the CRV USD stablecoin. It basically allows for long, you know, long-term assets to be uh, in a lending market you know, against Frax. So let's say I have Pepe and I want to create, like, I want to like lend against my Pepe with Frax. I could create a BAM market, a BAM like isolated pool where like that is actually possible. So really, you know, expands the docket of, you know, what you can borrow Frax against. Ah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I have heard about that. Yeah, so yeah. now I remember, uh-huh. Yeah. Is it like and a so DGen Frax lend? Like, DGen Fraxland, yeah, exactly, you know, exactly, okay. yeah. It's a DGen Frax. I'm like quite curious, you know. It's the the team said they're still building it, it's still building it out. But um, you know, I feel like you know once all these things come together, then Fraxchain comes out. You know, I'm really like quite curious, like what? Okay, after like Fraxchain comes out, you know, V3 is like rolling. Fraxpiece V2 is you know turning away yield. Like, what is next for Frax? Like, how does Frax go get that? You know, the next you know, millions, if not tens of millions, if not billions of users. I think that uh, they might be thinking about something in terms of intense centricity and the count of traction, to be honest, because mm. this is, in my opinion, the last element that is missing. Because to be honest, like from a user perspective, Frax is quite complex. And oh, when yeah. you open <laughs> yeah. their interface, you're just Whoa. like overwhelmed with that loads of information and charts and everything and where the mm. fuck you should go. <laughs> so it's, yeah. yeah, I think that's that last Simply, yeah, simplifying yes. the UI is, would be huge, you know, for that. And just get, and I think like also once Frax, once people understand what the new Frax is, um, it would be like a, there would be a lot more comfort with it. Actually, you know what I was like thinking? I haven't even said this publicly yet. I wonder, what do you guys think of this idea? Just hear me out. What if we rename Frax, the dollar peg stablecoin, to FRX USD, and then we named FPI? Frax, because then people like associate like USD with like you know people may like let's say I'm like never ah. seen DeFi before, you know I'm saying I know yeah never seen DeFi never seen crypto before. If I see like Frax, I'm like what what is that? But if I see like FRX USD, I'm like oh it's a USD peg stablecoin. I mean they already have it with FRX ETH. Like don't you guys think it would, would it make more sense to rename it FRX USD and then like you know. Or maybe that we don't makes have to, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not rename FPI to Frax because now it's just be confusing okay. people in exactly. DeFi. Exactly. Exactly. I was rename... gonna say, yeah. yeah the first just... part I'm all I'm all a part of yeah. Frax just, to Frax yeah. USD. 
yeah, because like people are conf- are confused. I guess like the exception it's a branding would be issue. branding <laughs> issue. Well, hell, Die is like renaming itself to like whatever new stable is, and I would be. I'm like pretty sure it's gonna have USD. In, well, if they have a USD peg, because we all know how Rune. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. USD could, could, It's a straight change. Whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um. Yeah. What do you think of, uh, you know, getting on the topic about what are your thoughts on other stable coins? Like, you know, what are your thoughts oh, wait, on like, wait, wait, Dave, Dave, oh, hold on, wait, 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 before that, I, I, you know, we are been so uberly bullish. I feel like I got to come in and pull oh, yeah, us yeah, back yeah. a little oh, bit. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, I got to pull us back a little bit, Stacey. I got to pull us back. Could you share with us, like, what are some uh, areas of risk or concerns that you have about Frax? Well, first of all, like, uh, it's not only about FRAX, it's about DeFi in general, I'd say. So no protocol is 100% safe. Just like, remember that, have it written uh, on your, let's say, I don't know, uh, on your wall. (laughs) So make that the first thing you see when you open your laptop. Because it's super important to understand that you can never... Uh, it's just ridiculous to allocate 100% of your portfolio or whatever to a single asset or to a single platform. So just do control the risks because uh, some risks, they do not only come on the side of, let's say, hackers or attackers or Mm. smart contract vulnerabilities. We also have the uh, regulatory risks. Mm -hmm. And we never know what is in the minds of those people and how they will be hindering the further DeFi adoption and everything. Mm -hmm. So I would say that we have to be very, very uh, thinking. Vigilant, Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very vigilant and very um, balanced in terms of what we are exposed to and uh, make sure that you always have like a pocket of safe money. Let's say that's uh, black day money, uh, which is so that you don't have to like sell everything you have uh, to, I don't know, um, to pay for something. This is, I I think that this is the most important thing. And unfortunately, like people still do not under, yeah, safety first, as simple as that, because we, we, we cannot like, we, we do have, full control of our portfolio but we don't have the full control of the risks associated with yeah. investing in different assets that's like the golden rule yeah i like to say that you know all of us that are participating in the world on chain DeFi right now we're in beta we're all guinea pigs and like at any moment yeah. we could step on a landmine and boom get blown up so it's like always important to understand the risk and understand you know what's at every time you click honestly because you, you just never know that's why like you know personally for me like I don't like doing a lot, like the less you do, the less risk you put yourself towards. Like, you know, always like have like a little bit on chain, like passively, in my opinion, if you just like are just like around and you're just do what you're comfortable with. But like, don't be just like clicking nonstop because that just like, you know, opens up your surface area and whatnot. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I actually have several wallets for this very purpose. I mean, Mm. I have one wallet to interact with different uh, smart contracts and different dApps. Actually, I have one more wallet to do the same, but for more Mm. reputable dApps. (laughs) Yeah. Like even those layers of, let's say, trust to different protocols for the new ones and for the established ones, then just to Mm. hold some assets and then a ledger. (laughs) So that makes like, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, if you can diversify th- something, you should do that definitely. Yeah, 
And, you know, I have one last question for you, and then we're going to wrap up into the lightning round. Um, outside of Frax, um, and I'm just like speaking about DeFi and crypto in general, like, you know, right now we're in the bear, we're really in the thick of it. Um, what are some bullish catalysts you see for like a potential bar mar bull market that you're focusing on? Like, what do you think, you know, could spring us out of this bear market? To be honest, uh, I was like thinking about that recently. And mm. I have to say that we are strongly, we are still quite strongly dependent on traditional finance. And obviously, like in the real world, it's a lot of, let's say, negative events happening right now, which are hindering the market's growth and everything. So I think that we will have, we will be poised for some recovery and for mm. some better dynamics when people globally, they have time and they have money to invest. You know, because mm. if we have a closer look at the stock markets or actually across all industries, we currently see some stagnation, some post beer and everything. And I think that crypto, even though we do consider it like separately, it's still a part of the global financial economy. And we are interdependent because like, let's say if we are speaking about the largest institutional players, obviously they both have, let's say, S&P 500, and they also have like Bitcoin. So mm -hmm. they are exposed to both. Uh, I do expect some positive events to take place after the Bitcoin halving, obviously, because soon. Yeah, soon. <laughs> very soon. I do remember yeah. like uh, the last Bitcoin halving and the way market reacted to it. So obviously there is always some time lag. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, I think that history is repeating and uh, no matter how, actually, I think that's now is the longest yeah. uh, beer market cycle, right? Yeah. Uh, so I've... it's super interesting if uh, the mm. next bull run will be equally long. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the, the Bitcoin happening is like our spring equinox. It's when we're in, it's, you know what I mean? It's like the yeah. winter and then when the spring equinox comes, then boom, it's like spring's just around the corner. Let's go. So, yeah, I just yeah. checked when that is. That is April twenty fourth, twenty twenty four. That's oh, four two four two four. That's beautiful. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say imagine yeah. if it was on four twenty. I know. I was gonna say, but that 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 would be too good. I like that. Yeah, that like that that uh, like alternating. Uh, that's that's a good omen. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you know, on that note, um, before we get into the lightning round, like, where can people find you, and like, what are you working on now? I actually like mm, finally and like, as we discussed in the very beginning I'm mm. no longer like let's say let's go. Uh, entrepreneurship yeah <laughs> that's it so I do mostly focus on my Twitter stuff because I love it a lot and mm. I do have a few educational initiatives I might I might launch in the near future but for now I'm like, actually like I'm focusing on first of all my own portfolio I'm trying to manage it quite efficiently I'm trying to learn new skills for example like options hedging mm -hmm. which is like a nightmare to be honest but <laughs> yeah. yeah you should watch our Phenoptic episode yeah, yeah. they make yeah. it easy yeah. for you oh we have plenty <laughs> oh, also like Amazon. yeah we have a lot yeah um, um 
actually, yeah. I'm also like, uh, I do plan to build like a side product, uh, which is Ooh. mostly for marketers uh, in the Web3 space in which I like, let's say I'm a retired marketer, but I want to share my ideas, my thoughts and everything uh-huh, I have uh-huh. worked through within these seven years. And uh, yeah, so mm. let's say some database that will be of help for Web3 projects and marketers. Mm. Uh, but I think that for the monster gam, I will be mostly there on Twitter, writing threads, doing infographics mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff because i really love it <laughs> yeah oh no and your passion definitely shines through through your work like i call yeah. it my t- thank through you all the noise and all, all the you know all the uh, quote-unquote thread doors we see like on twitter like yours we can see yours has heart and yours has actual substance so yeah. and in fact this interview had a lot of substance as well and i'm yeah. really excited to send this to any beginner of Frax, that's so just like, hey, like, how can I learn? I think this is the episode to send your friends. So you hear that every, you hear that first, everyone. Yeah. Send if you want to explain Frax to someone in like less than an hour. This is the episode to send. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I will share it with well. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and also one thing about your post that I personally really like is that it's visually appealing. Yes, and I, I can tell you. that you took time to design that portion of it too. So actually, I, 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 I appreciate it. I have oh. a secret here. My husband is a web designer. Oh, oh, I like that. I, yeah, we, I like we, don't, that. We, we have our secrets too. We yeah, have, yeah. <laughs> right I can't wait to see the, yeah. the edits. Stacy's Stacy's a true entrepreneur. She already got her first intern. You know, <laughs> yeah. free intern. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now awesome. we are on to the lightning round, and so we like to get off the chain and get to know you know the person. You know, behind the content. So, Kit, yes. I'll let you t- oh shit, it's Kit. Yeah. I'll let you take the first one. As as I like to call it, Stacy, we like to get to know the person behind the profile picture. And the, okay, the first thing I want to ask you is, what was your virgin crypto experience? But sex doesn't count. <laughs> I think it was actually withdrawing money from Steemit. Uh, first Steam time ever. It. Yeah, oh. yeah, oh. that's all. Throwback. <laughs> yeah. So actually, like, uh, as mentioned, I was like an early contributor of it. And uh, when I tried to use Bitfinex, it was not Bitfinex, it was Bitrex back then. And it was oh, crazy. It was so <laughs> challenging. I was so worried. Like, I was very excited and I didn't know what to do. And I had a friend who was guiding me through. Uh, it was on Skype. And I was like, okay, I don't believe that I will receive that money. It's just some scam. I don't know. But then I received them. And that was like the virgin experience. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, it was scary. All right. Now, second question after that is, what is your favorite off-chain touch grass activity hobbies and interests uh it's actually changing i'm a huge fan of traveling uh this year i was in morocco which is crazy very beautiful rock the the caswell the way yeah the way it smells is absolutely like crazy i also lived in south africa in iceland and norway i mean i have traveled like across many states i do consider myself as a person of the world without Mm -hmm. no like exact citizenship or whatever because i do think that true world citizen yeah, yeah. I mean, people are always people and uh, it's not us to blame that we were born in some particular country or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so traveling, I think, is my 
top one destination to touch the cross mm. but when i cannot do that it's definitely like either running or playing badminton or tennis or something some mm. like outdoor activities really love that mm. cool. hell yeah and you know I and think Baldur's it's... gate recently <laughs> Baldur's gate three let's get it yes yeah. yeah yeah i think like a lot of people in crypto consider themselves you know global citizens especially the nature of the industry and the nature of just being on chain um now to my question um what would be some advice to your younger self on myself uh, to your younger self if you had to give advice to your mm-hmm. younger self uh you know i was actually again one of the things i was thinking recently about uh it whether i would actually like advise let's say my kids to get the degree in the university because we are no longer living in the era when that matters a lot all knowledge is at our disposal at the tops of the fingertips uh but actually uh i would say that i would not give myself any advice because if i did i wouldn't be the person i am today oh that's the best so one yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> meant to happen for a reason yeah yeah first one we heard that and then um a question on my end here is if you weren't in finance and or you weren't in tech you weren't in marketing and you're not in crypto what would your professional career path be? <laughs> uh, actually, like it was intended to be that. Uh, so when I uh, received the university degree, I had a choice. Uh, I was at, at, like, it, it happened simultaneously. I was invited to a crypto startup and I could uh, move to Sweden to work in an embassy. I actually opted for the first option, so that's why my entire career was connected Mm. to Web3. But if I did not, then I would uh, be in Sweden. (laughs) Yeah, not bad as well, but actually, like, I do understand that the way I see the world would be absolutely different because Mm -hmm. working in an embassy, actually, that's like a governmental position. That's an absolutely different set of uh, thinking and everything. So I'm happy that I did that choice back then yeah yeah it's funny uh i actually if i had to answer that that question of like what would i do outside of it would be be a diplomat i think i would want to be a diplomat if i wasn't in crypto like my dream job um but uh, my final question is um who would you recommend to be a guest on flywheel who do you want to see on the podcast uh oh, that's a that's a good question uh i do definitely love the way for example hitash is doing recently he has a lot of very good research uh to explore and i love his passion for that deep dive threats and deep dive research this is very cool and the oh, second person i would yeah. mention here is uh tulambro because I do love his visuals and his way of like communicating to the audience so much. Both are actually like, as far as I know, Frax Maxis. So oh, what, they're what in are the they, edition. How do I spell, spell the names Hitesh and what was the Hitesh dot ETH uh, okay. the first one. And the second one is Tulambro dot uh eth yeah okay, please gotta... send this to us in yeah, the please. chat yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah, yeah yeah you know we gotta like you know keep a tab on the frax wellness and get them on the pod uh but stacy you know thank you so much for joining us where can people find you on socials 
Uh, it's same as my name, actually, Stacy Moore. You will definitely find me the yeah. one which has like red hair and an elf as a <laughs> So that's yeah, me. Def- definitely go follow her right now for all the latest Frax Alpha and Frax explainers. Like any anything you need to explain Frax wise, you know, she's your girl. So Stacy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you know, hope to see you again thank soon, you. and you know, see you on chain and on the timeline. Thank you. Really appreciate the invitation. It was fun. It was like uh, super engaging. And uh, I really love that hour we have spent together. So thank you, guys. That's perfect. Thank you, Stacy. All right, everyone. You know what time it is. Welcome to the post game. I'm your host, Deepai Dave, here with Capital K. And we are wrapping up a fantastic interview with Stacy Murr, who is the ex- explainer in chief of herself she works for herself she's just an entrepreneur and she's just passionate about DeFi. and i do not think it's a coincidence that her passion has led her to frax and to you know to be even like double double down on frax uh in general so kit um what are your thoughts on this episode i mean i i'm a huge fan of her work to begin with so it's really nice to finally speak to the person behind all the threads that i read i think she takes time and she takes a lot of care like tender care, love and care. Can. Like yeah. she, there's a lot of TLC in those threads and those visuals. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. I also like that she was able to um, explain things in examples. Like I've never thought of comparing Frax to a I, farm. Yeah, so like that was pretty creative. I also noticed that, you know, it, during the, I wanted to go deep with her on a couple stuff but then i i, I saw what w- you were saying in the chat and i was like you're right this would be a great beginner pod so i had to hold myself back i'm not going way too deep yeah no exactly and like this not everything has to be like a super deep dive and like i think a lot of times you know people in DeFi, myself included uh we fall into the trap of getting like oh let's be like as deep and complex as possible yeah, yeah. and like with certain deep audiences deep dive dave yeah, deep dive. but like, no, but like this one, you know, we went a little bit, you know, higher, like explainer, basic, I wouldn't say it's like completely basic, because I feel like you some like need some grappling of DeFi to understand the concepts. But if you already have that foundation in DeFi, and you're like, one sort of like, wait, where do we go? Like, how do I learn about Frax? I'm like, curious to learn more about it. Like, this is the episode to watch for sure. Uh, agreed, yeah. agreed. Um, and I, I feel like, we didn't get a chance to talk about all of her other threads on other projects, but she also oh, yeah. does provide pretty good coverage of other projects oh, yeah. as well she in a very did. similar, you know, uh, yeah, explainer also, master. Yeah. Something we didn't get into, but she's like, she mentioned on the pod was ex- escaping the nine to five. And she wrote a great mm. thread about that. You know, you know, like, yeah, oh, like, yeah, yeah. She did write like a, you know, kind of like a reflective piece about, you know, you know, escape, you know, and I feel like, people in crypto like a lot of us can relate to that because we live very you know untraditional lives and untraditional you know work in very untraditional ways especially if you're in the industry it's not like it's like i like to tell people like i'm always working but never working at the same time i'm in a quantum state of work because the telegram is always like going off and it's like okay like now's the time is it like 9 p.m or 9 a.m i don't care do i need to answer shit yes or no and so it's just like it's it's Dude, a different lifestyle. Yeah, go ahead. A hundred percent. Now you, you you. Oh my god! I almost dropped my cup. Um, I a hundred percent agree with that. Like I've always had this philosophy of like when people say work life balance, I never really believe in that. There is only life, right? There's, There's only, only life. life, and you go through it. 
and when things happen, yeah. things happen. And like you say, you get a text at 9 p.m. You're like, is this something I need to respond to or is this something I don't yeah. have to, right? Like, it, I think yeah. that's that's the it, way I, I kind of carry it too. I see you playing video games on the timeline. I saw that the other day. Bro, yes. Oh, dude, dude. So I I wanted to start live streaming on, on X just to kind of play around with the, the mm-hmm. technology, but it was easier than I had uh, thought. And, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I, I definitely also touch grass uh, as often as I could. But one thing I want to bring it back to the Stacy pod is I want to bring her back to do more of the complicated stuff, uh, right? She's going to do great in the beginner stuff, but even after you graduate that, you know, I, we still have a ton of other more complicated what, stuff, right? What, what complicated stuff would you ask her? How exactly does the AMO works in terms of contracting and expanding a Frax ETH supply? Uh, would you want to answer that question? <laughs> no, I, I, I want to work with Stacy on this and oh, yeah, to, to create like an infographic on it's like yeah. things like that, right? Like how how get, does the Frax yeah. governance, you know, alpha uh, um, alpha gov alpha versus gov omega when which oh. situation this occurs, right? Like I, I want to work yeah. with her on these kind of things too, because yes. honestly, the beginner stuff I feel like a lot of us could frankly do it, but on these more really deep frack stuff especially with all the new stuff coming out yeah Yeah. exactly and these are all the building blocks you need to know in order to understand the the new stuff yeah so it's yeah just amazing how deep the rabbit hole goes with fracks (laughs) it still doesn't cease to amaze me Um, yeah yeah but um you know any final thoughts about this episode like what do you think users i mean not you users uh, viewers, <laughs> whoever you are, whoever's watching this, like, what do you think people watching this should take away? I, I think they should take away um, that just because you don't understand a project from the beginning doesn't mean you could just write it off completely. Keep on searching until you find the explanation that works for you. Because you said something, David, during this call that I felt was so true is the way we explain things that may not hit with certain people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just because we couldn't deliver that content for that person, I would hate to for them to not be a future Fraxy Maxi or Frax Maximalist. We are all right? Fraxy Maxi. Yes, we are exactly. all Fraxy Maxi. So like, I I don't want a, a pre-Fraxy uh, 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 Maxi to never make it across the bridge just because yeah. of the way we explain the content. So keep on searching you know, on, on this Frax yeah. stuff. Don't just come to us. You can go to Stacy, obviously. Yeah, go to Stacy. Well yeah, go to Crypto Vester. Go to Dude, Crypto we should, I was thinking we should have Crypto Vester on next week. Dude, I, 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 I kind of like it. these. I like these. Yeah. I like that we we are spotlighting community members who write about fracks. I feel like they don't get yeah. the spotlight we're, that we're they. We're going back to yeah. our roots. We're going back to basics. We're going back yeah. to where we started. I like it. Uh, I like which this. Which is you know, which is fracks. Yeah. You know, Anything on your uh, end, Dave? Um, I think you know, I, from this episode, like always, like keep your eye out there for new people and new threaders because like it's easy to kind of you know get jaded and get faded about stuff especially now in the bear market but even like the bear market this is where you find the people that are most passionate about crypto and like the people that are here definitely here for the right reasons they're not here because it's the hype train and i think that shines through with a stacy as an example of that like the fact that she's you know creating this kind of content for the love of it and like you said like she cares um 
you know, like, I think that that says a lot. And, you know, I'm just, I'm a huge fan of her all around. I was really happy to get this, get her on the pod. And like, in terms of like, you know, takeaways, like definitely the farm example um, and uh, was, was a big one. And just, I just really enjoyed talking to her. Like, honestly, like I just enjoyed going back and forth. And now I can think it was like, yes, like I can't wait for this to be like the episode of Sense of Beginners. Yeah, for yeah. sure, man. Yeah. And to catch every episode of Flywheel, you know what to do. Hit that bell button. Go subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Give us a like. Make sure you follow us on our socials at FlywheelDefy on Twitter, TikTok, Telegram. You know, go do that right now. Make sure you subscribe to our friend tech. Uh, get the key right now for exclusive show notes. Um, make sure you go subscribe to our newsletter at flywheeldefi.com. I was sending our newsletter to several analysts today because they kept on like, I was like, they were asking me about like Frax V3 and like, there's like a lot of people that eye on Frax. I just go, I go send them Crypto Investor Alpha Corner. I just go send them this week in Frax. I just go send them our Frax Alpha explainers. But if you don't want, if you don't want just me sending them, I'm around. If you want to just subscribe it to yourself, go subscribe right now. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at DefiDave22. Follow me at 0x capital underscore K. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Everything said on this episode is not financial or tax advice. This channel is strictly for educational purposes and it's not in investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any assets or to make any financial decisions. This video is not tax advice whatsoever. Please talk to your accountant and do your own research.